Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. The views and opinions of this show are directly those of the hosts and its guests. It does not reflect the opinions of its affiliates or its sponsors. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views. And it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens... When a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view, <laughs> something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we're exploring something that on Paratruth Radio we have not explored ever. Uh, we've kind of talked about it here and there, and it's uh, past lives, um, but nothing really in depth. So tonight we're bringing on Shelly Care, who is the author of Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. Uh, for two decades, Shelley has penis in their lives. A world-renowned past-life regressionist, uh, Shelley, Shelley's methods of combining energy work with hypnosis has been endorsed by numerous leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss. She received her doctorate of uh, philosophy in parapsychic science from the American Institute of Holistic Theology in 2001. Shelly, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing this evening? I am doing great. How are you? We are awesome. Um, so we've never talked about this on Paratruth Radio before. We haven't on other uh, shows, but not specifically on Paratruth. Uh, before we get in-depth into to past life regression and all that good stuff, um, what made you want to write this book? Oh, wow. Um I've been interested in regression my whole life. And then this book specifically is about spontaneous past life regressions that happen to people when they're traveling and things. So um, it basically happened because I was having a lot of really weird experiences um, while I traveled. And then I started interviewing other people and realizing that this phenomenon is happening to people all the time, whether they're consciously aware of it or not. Okay. Okay. So one thing that's important regarding like past regression and the idea of living uh, past lives is the idea of reincarnation that must exist. And that's something that you believe in. So what was it that brought you to the awareness or brought you awareness into the idea of recreation or reincarnation? I'm sorry. It's really weird. I had a very strange childhood <laughs> and I'm still strange today. Yay. Um, my, I lived in Colorado Springs and there was a really famous um, book called The Search for Bridie Murphy, which some of your listeners may know, um, that was written. And the hypnotherapist and the lady who was a subject of that book lived in our area. And believe it or not, my mom met them at a luncheon and bought the woman's book, brought it home to the family dinner table when I was a little kid. And we started talking about reincarnation. So 
you know, not nor- not a normal family dinner table discussion. I get it, you know. Um, but I, I just said, wait a minute, this this feels really truthful to me. Even at a young age, I was about eight or nine years old at this time. So, um, and then later in my twenties, I had a friend pass away, and I know you love paranormal stuff. So, a couple months after his death, I was coming home from work. I used to be a salesperson, walking up towards the house, and I looked up in the window of my house, and I saw him standing there in apparition form in the window. And there was a lot of very paranormal experiences that went on for a period of time. And um, then it, it stopped. And several years later, he came back and started making himself known again. And somebody said, well, maybe you should have a past life regression because maybe you've got unfinished business. And so I went and had a regression and it really gave me a very deep healing about this. I don't know, you know, like when stuff happens and you're like, what if I had been there? Would, would this be different? I was invited to go on a hiking trip and I didn't go. And, and this, my friend passed away, fell off the mountain basically. And so there's always this very strange wow feeling that, you know, maybe something could have changed. And then many years after that, um, well, the first of all, the regression itself really healed me. I felt like there was a weight that I had been carrying for not, this had been about nine years after his death when I finally had a regression. I just felt like something just felt lighter, you know, and I said, this is really valuable. And then once I started writing books about this, which my first book on regression came out in the early 2000s, and I was out lecturing, I actually met someone. Um, th- this accident happened out in New Mexico. And so I went to a unity church and I was giving a lecture um, on my book, Life Stream Journeys into Past and Future Lives. So the first hour we would spend talking and then we take a break. And then the next hour we come back and we're going to go on a past life regression. And so this minister at this unity church, I was very clearly guided. I had to go to this church only not any other. This was back in the days when I used to go to a lot of different unity churches. And so I'm telling the story about my friend appearing in the window and and things like that. And the minister started getting this really weird look on his face. And so when we took a break, he came up and he said, he said, Shelly, I don't know if I should tell you this right now, but um, 10 years ago, when my friend and I were out hiking at this place, um, some guard or not guards, but like Rangers came up on horseback and said, Hey, we've got a hiker down. Could you come help us? And he said, I was there with him as he took his dying breath on the mountain. Cause I was telling people that when I saw him in the window, he was wearing a white tank top and jeans. And the guy goes, that's exactly what he was wearing. And so I was like, Whoa. I mean, so a lot of the things that I've been talking about in the many books that I write friends, you know, is really sounds crazy, but I mean, I'm telling you my truth. And that was one time when it actually got validated. So all of this, and then the new book is really about, you know, I really feel like we're being bombarded by paranormal phenomenon, as you know, Mm -hmm. and you're like your show trying to just bring this into conscious awareness. I think this is happening all the time. So it's a long story, but um, it's been quite an interesting journey (laughs) so far and it continues. So (laughs) Um, so you, you talk about, uh, you call it uh, supretrovy in your book, yes. um, and that's basically spontaneous recollection of a past life, I, I believe, is what I'm taking from it. Um, and you talk about a, a trip to Key West where you were having this happening, um, and I, I saw that you have a bunch of different uh, case studies in here about it. So I, I guess my my big question for this is, is 
like, did it take you multiple talking to multiple people to kind of come up with this theory and come up with the case studies to do all of this? You kind of had a feeling about, so you just went with it. It, well, first, after I got back from Key West, um, it's, well, let's see, so much happened. I went to Key West. I became violently ill for no reason. I just thought I had allergies. But what started happening was the minute I put took my foot off the land and got back on my little cruise ship, I started feeling better. And then once the ship got a certain distance away from the place, I got a lot better. And I thought, there's something weird going on here. And I actually vowed that I would never return to this place again. I said, there must be something bad here or there's allergens or whatever. And then the next week at home, people wanted to go back to Key West. And I was like, wait a minute. I just said I was never going back to this place. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so it sounds weird, but um, even though I've been doing this now for over 20 years, I was like, wait a minute, maybe I should have a past life regression and see if there's some issues here. That had not occurred to me before. Okay, I'm kind of slow, but I figured it out. I had someone regress me, one of my students, and I realized that um, I had been kind of a pirate person in the 1700s. I was tossed off the ship, crawled up to the shore and passed away. And so we did a healing. We cut the cords. We sent light. and We did all the things that I do with clients. And so then I was super curious. Can I go back to Key West and have a better experience? Bottom line is I did. And then I thought, my gosh, you know, this is the weirdest thing ever. I wonder if this is happening to other people. So I have, um, I live in the Dallas, Texas area, and I've had a bunch of friends who've been with me since the beginning of my, my writing career, my healing career. And so I called some of them first and I started just telling them what was happening and just saying, has anything like this ever happened to you? And every single one of them either said, yes, it has, or you know what? I'm thinking about something, but I'm, it's going to take me a couple of days. Let me think about it. And then they would come back and they would say, yeah, you know what? I remember when I was a kid, one of my friends who I'd known for many years um, said she was, um, when she was a child, they went over to Vicksburg, Mississippi. There's, there's a big civil war area there. And her parents took her out to this site and she started hearing horses and cannon fire. And so then I started saying, well, let's have a, bring her in. Let's give her a past life regression. And so she went, then, then the regression then is not the tool that one would use to discover who they were in a past life. But in this case, or in the case of myself and, and the other people in this book, you would use it then as a healing tool. So we were able to take her back into that and do some healing on that. And so then I wrote a short series on this. I decided to name it um, after some contemplation, because I think it's something that's happening, but we don't have a name for it. So I named it. I wrote a short book series. And then this is after several years, Blast from the Past is now out with a lot of different kinds of case histories. And I'm kind of expanding the areas which we are looking into. Okay. Okay. So I think the, the really big question here is how does a regression work? How do, how do you find yourself in the past uh, in these lives? The process that I'm using is guided imagery. Um, we could call it hypnosis, but it's very light hypnosis. So it would be almost like if you're listening to a guided meditation CD, um, there's different brainwave levels that people go through. Like if we're waking consciousness, we're in beta. So the brainwaves are going very quickly. So we're just really slowing it down to alpha. So we're still consciously aware of what's going on around us, but yet 
when I ask people weird questions that no one's ever asked them before in that space, then pictures, thoughts, and feelings will come up. And so then we use the power of the imagination through guided imagery to have them imagine they're going back into these events and dipping down into events, looking out their eyes. And then I'll say, well, what year is this? Mm -hmm. Are you a man or a woman? What's happening? Who are you with at a, at a more feeling level? Is there anybody there who feels like somebody you've known in your current life? And then we just go through the processes of moving through significant events in the life and then going hopefully to sometimes, well, not always, but usually I try to get them to the last day of their life. So then they can float up into that space in between lives and understand like, what lessons did we learn there? And why were those things that we're doing in the past relating to the things that we're doing now? And pretty much everybody says, oh, you know what? I was I was doing the same thing in the Middle Ages that I'm doing now, you know? Right. And so there's learning there. Like, could we get some soul gifts and things maybe that we want to remember, but it's stuff that we need to let go of, then let's go ahead and like what I did with Key West, let's cut the cords with it. Let's send some healing to it. And then let's move forward knowing that we're no longer being affected by those things. So oh, sorry, Justin, I'm going to cut in real quick. Um, for, for the skeptics out there uh, who think of this and consider everything you're saying, uh, how do you determine uh, whether this is something that's legitimate that people are going back in time and seeing themselves past lives compared to just their imagination? That's a great question. Um, I've always said that I don't really, you know, I can't prove any of the things that come out of any of these sessions. Um, there are therapists who have gone to, to great lengths to try to, you know, prove that people lived here or there. I don't really worry about that. I'm more interested in how the person feels do they feel better as a result of this journey? Because I, I obviously have no way to know whether the things they're experiencing are real or not, but emotionally on an emotional level, they're very real. Um, one of the things that I had written about in my very first book live stream was the fact that um, in my early career, I had regressed six Cleopatras in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> yes. Amazing. So obviously at some point I'm saying, okay, well, we can't all be Cleopatra, right. you know, so I'm definitely open to this idea that there could be archetypal energies there. Like some people just want to be, you know, they're a queen. Okay. They just want to be a queen. You know, that's an archetype. Um, some of the more valid ones though, that's, it's weird, but people are just ordinary. You know, that's, that's the ones that really get me. If they're just some ordinary person, nobody's ever heard of them. And they're telling me things that are so like, you just wouldn't make that stuff up. You know, right. you couldn't make it up. And again, the, the bottom line would be, are they feeling better? They've come normally for an issue related to, you know, the three biggies, love and relationships, health or, or money, security, financial stuff. We're going back to a source event, hopefully where we can find some challenges. We want to clear them up. So can they feel better as a result of these things that they're going through on this emotional journey that they're on? And as long as they feel better, and then that makes them feel happier in there now, to me, that's the only reason why we want to do this anyway, because we're trying to be happier, better people in our current life here so that we can treat others better and be happy and move forward and have the life that we really want to have, you know? All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad, glad Eric brought it up because I, that was going to be my question as well, because I, I do believe in past lives, um, but it, it is hard to say hey, this is for real, 
it, especially when it comes to like hypnosis or, or even just getting out of people's conscience and, and they're they're delving into something more. So thank you, Eric, for pulling that out of my head and asking it because we were on the same wavelength there. Um, so yeah, I want to thank Eric too. That was a good. One. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Well, going back to I the agree. book. <laughs> um, you, you talk about the, the different types of ways that, uh, uh, you can, um, experience, uh, supertrophy, um, and, and it, it's anything from places to things, uh, you bring up gemstones or crystals or something like that. Um, so when somebody is, is having that experience or, or they come to you and say they've had this, um, do you usually recommend something or do you automatically go into, you know, let's do a, a past life regression? Sometimes what they're doing is, um, well, because a lot of times now I'm asking, Hey, have you had this experience? You know? And so if they have, then they'll, well, in the, in the first series I wrote, I was mainly concerned with travel you know, or being around museum artifacts, which can be triggers if we've been around those artifacts before or been living in that period. But this, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, the gemstones, um, I've expanded the material and blessed from the past because I had been writing a lot of books about gem and mineral healing. And there's no doubt that people can, you know, place stones on the body and they can receive different vibrational frequencies and they can shift their frequencies. But I started to notice that with some people, they would go, Ooh, that stone's prickling me or, or they would have really weird reactions. And so I started to understand also that sometimes, you know, I don't really, especially in this world that we're living in now, first of all, we can barely get on an airplane these days, but mm -hmm. you don't really necessarily have to be buzzing around the world to have these things happen. And I started realizing that I think gems and minerals, because they're from different parts of the world. So the stone that comes like a crystal from hot springs it doesn't feel anywhere near the same as something that would come from Africa or Brazil, you know? And so I started uncovering some instances where people were using the stones and they were, you know, they'd fall in love with it. They'd be like, Oh, I just love this stone. Maybe they were really loving it because it's something from the past and, or something's like, yeah. Oh, that hurts me. You know, there can be some healing there. And so these can all be triggers or seeing familiar people, um, artifacts, antiques, obviously a, a big one. But um, so a lot of times I was asking people, hey, has this happened to you? And then some of the other times, these are just people who some of these case studies in the book, maybe people just happen to mention this. They've come in for another reason. And then I've uncovered it during a session when they were there for another reason. So. Okay. So do you find like when it comes to the items, are these items that they've actually had or held or been there in the past or are they just uh i mean i don't know what better word like say say it's a gemstone i mean there's crystals all over you know quartz for example is everywhere so is it more so just the stone itself or is it an actual artifact that they've been in contact and has touched in the past um i've had both um like a woman that i know had picked up a an antique brooch from Russia that was made out of this stone called charoite, which is a deep purple stone. 
And when she held it, it sent her into what happens during the supretrovy stuff where she started having this movie and she saw herself there. And she truly did believe that this exact piece was something that she had owned in the past. But then I've had other part, um, another lady, this is popping in. She had seen, and I don't want to say, obviously being around museum artifacts, that's really freaky. It's happened to me. It can happen, but it could even be we're watching the Discovery Channel or something. So one woman saw this weird thing that sticks in my mind. It's called a perambulator. It's this old fashioned baby carriage. And she saw one on a show and just went doing. And then she just remembered when she had owned this. It's almost like, I don't know, just having somebody doing you in the head and you've got this little this little movie running in your head or this feeling. And so um, that had been unearthed during her regression as well. So sometimes these triggers could be happening anywhere. And especially these days, I always want to encourage um, readers and listeners that, you know, like I said, we can be watching YouTube. I mean, it could be happening anywhere and it doesn't need to be on the other side of the world. It could be even I'm at the grocery store in the next town over something weird could happen. Right. So now, now this, I mean, I've seen this, something similar like this in TV shows regularly. Um, uh, how, I don't know if we can know, but is there a way to know whether these artifacts are actually triggering past experiences of the person themselves from a past life? Or could they be um, kind of powered by a sp- some sort of spirit, another spirit, human spirit, who's trying to show them an image of their past. And the person who's holding it is just thinking it's their own. That's a great question. I don't know that we can know that for sure. Um, When clients go on these guided journeys with me, you know, we do a lot of prep work before we go on that journey to Mm -hmm. bring healing light, to bring bring protective energies around things. Um, But I'm definitely keen to the idea that when we're out antiquing at the mall and the antique mall over the weekend, there's some weird vibes in there. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, people have very deep um, connections to their stuff that definitely does linger. So I think that could definitely be a possibility for sure. And the other thing I'll tell, I I didn't talk much about this in blast, but I went to Russia several years ago on a cruise and the end of the, I'm always on a cruise. I used to own a travel agency. That's another story, but um, I was in the Kremlin Armory Museum where I came across this carriage that was making me feel really woozy. And I thought I had seen this before. When I got close to it, the first image that came through my mind was the carriage riding through the streets and all these people cheering and stuff. But then I I had been, um, I went to England later that year and I had been on a regression several years earlier where I went to Hampton Court Palace and I wound up in this one part of the palace that had been added on by James the first. And on the, that carriage, the carriage said that it was a gift from James the first of England to the Russian czar at the time. So I started remembering the carriage when I was in England and I thought, wait a minute, maybe I saw it on the England and maybe I was, because I had been in, it's, it's a long story, but I had, I had been on a regression where I had been in this checkered hall And I knew that I was living in England, but I didn't know anything else about it until I actually went to Hampton Court and I saw the checkered hall and I said, this is the thing that I saw in a vision years ago. And then that's when I remembered the carriage and I thought, maybe I saw it on the England end. Maybe I was some maid or something, you know, 
you know, skulking around the palace or something. And I happened to see it. So I, and that was one instance where I personally felt like initially I might've been picking up energies of the carriage and the people who had been around it. But then I thought later that I probably had a deeper connection to it and maybe I had seen it there. So, and I think, yes, spirits could be attached to it. I mean, we don't know. We've got to try to, a, a lot of the exercises in Blaster trying to help people like cut cords with objects you know, we can cut cords with these antiques and artifacts so that we hopefully are not picking up these unwanted and freakish influences. But yes, I agree that that could definitely happen. To make well, that short going... story as long as possible. Whoops. <laughs> 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 going off of that, I, I mean, can your spirit guides be kind of guiding you to these things then in a way so that you can start going through this healing process? I definitely believe our guides are helping us with this healing that we're doing. And I, I feel like when we do encounter these artifacts or these people or these stones, or whatever, I, I do think that the soul at the deepest levels is trying to figure out, you know, who have I been in the past? Who am I really at the most full level that I can be? And that involves who I have been, who I am now, what my lessons are. And I, I don't think these things are very coincidental. Um, and even so, if a spirit was attached, I want to say, I wouldn't think that's a coincidence either. There could be a soul contract there. So there's healing that can be done there as well. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to follow up with that. So when you're doing the, the, the past life regressions, um, has it ever come about that, that spirit guides are coming through in some way at all? Have you noticed at all? Um, we actually use spirit guides as part of the regression. So once okay. the relaxation um, happens, the people cross the threshold and they're going to meet with an angel or a guide who is one of their personal guides who will accompany them on the whole journey. And there's a few reasons why I've always done my sessions like that, because I feel like we want to feel like there's someone there who loves us, who has our back when we're going through these different arenas. And also sometimes if there's things that need clarification, then our guides can, you know, we can ask our guide, Hey, if you don't understand what's going on here, can your guide just tell you or, and guides can talk to people about like what their sole purpose is and what their life lessons are. And so it's just one extra, um, let's say person. I have that in parentheses, um, who can <laughs> assist us on getting the answers that are going to help the person receive the outcome and feel, you know, happier as a result, hopefully. Okay. So speaking of spirit guides, one thing that I noticed in, uh, I think it was in your introduction, uh, you comment on deja vu. Um, now I like so many others have experienced this somewhat regularly, uh, except that often I've come to notice that I can predict what's going to happen next after the feeling or the vision or whatever you want to call it. What, this deja vu is um it's almost like for me it's like living a memory within the moment but from a third person's perspective and i can see it all happening uh now have you found that spirit guides try to teach us foresight in some of these episodes wow that's a great question i do think the guides are helping us with that um I don't know if I'd categorize it in supretravi, but I definitely have had experiences like that, like what you're talking about. Okay. In terms of deja vu, I, I don't know. I would love to hear what you think of deja vu. I always think of deja vu being more like, let's say we're all hanging out at the coffee shop 
And then all of a sudden you said something and we all go, whoa, that was weird. We've all been right. here before. I, I, I find these to be, and I would love to hear what you think. Like I found these to be more present life things mm-hmm. that are offering the clue. And then maybe, like you said, maybe there's a precognition coming here that you've seen before. Whereas the things in super seems to be something that's already happened, but then I can immediately say what they're about to say next. And then they're like, how'd you know I said that? And I said, I've already, I don't before. I don't know. I can explain it. And it's like, I've already lived it. Uh, so that's my experience with it. Um, and you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but there have been quite a few in, uh, incidents in which it has, where I'm able to just predict, oh, this, I've seen this car drive by, it's about to, whatever, it's about to get in a wreck or, you know, something like that. And, and it happens. And it's like, well, that's weird. Like, how have I seen this? Uh, and of course, you know, there's this, the scientific aspect behind it that scientists believe uh, our mind processes the information or our eyes process the information faster than our mind. So we see it before we realize that we've seen it. And that's why it feels like deja vu because our body already senses it, but the mind hasn't fully. Yeah, exactly. A lot of bull. I'm giving it the um, thumbs down. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that makes no sense to me. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, it, I mean, it's weird. It's hard to explain, but yeah, these scientists they just want to poo-poo on everything, don't they? <laughs> they, they really do. Crazy. Yeah. That makes no, absolutely no, fun. no sense. I know. It's a real bummer. <laughs> I'm a believer, so I think I think that's our guides and things. Our, our angels, our guides, are surrounding us. They're giving us these things as warnings, like you said. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw Eric under the bus here for a second. Oh God. Um, okay. <laughs> Eric has very severe OCD. Hmm. Could that be linked to a past life experience that is causing him to go through this experience now? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there could be something, I guess it depends what the nature of it is, but yeah, I mean, if there's this tendency, just want to, let's say it's to make everything perfect or whatever it is, there could have been something that happened that, Maybe he made a, a soul agreement or what I would call like a vow saying, I'll never let that happen again. I'm going to make sure I take care of stuff or whatever it is, you know, definitely mm-hmm. it's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying, you know, not, not saying it's 100%, but it's definitely possible. You know, a lot of the people who come to get a past life regression, like we talked about earlier, maybe they never believed in this before. Maybe they're just, they've been having challenges. Now they're just at the end of the line here. They're like, I've tried everything. It isn't working. That's kind of like what, how I got, you know, finally into it, you think, mm-hmm. well, what the heck, you know, might as well try this. So, right. so yeah, I think that's possible. Definitely. Well, I think one of Eric's biggest thing is germophobia. He has a, a huge fear of oh. germs, dirt. Um, some of his other things are, he has to do something. Otherwise he feels something bad is going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever have issues where you have to have things in certain order or anything, Eric? No, no. Like, actually, it, it's harder for me to keep things cleanly, like like neat. It's better to just let it go because if I start trying to make things neat and you know move things around, it, the OCD gets worse. Uh, if if I'm having like an anxiety, like if I'm in deep anxiety, um, I might touch like my keyboard. If I'm trying to move it, I come up here, touch my keyboard. I got to wash my hands before I touch my mouse. Then I got to wash my hands again before I move my monitor. And it's things like, it's things like that. It's weird. Um, and like a lot of, 
it is germophobia is one of them. Um, the other, which I think is more prominent is these negative thoughts that I have. I have a lot of intrusive negative thoughts. Um, and my belief is like, for example, if I switch a light on and I have a negative thought at the exact same time, it's almost as if I've put that thought into the world and it's going to happen. And I need to try to reverse it by switching the light off and returning it on with a new positive thought uh, that cancels out the negative one. That's interesting. Which actually, people. yeah, which actually to be, I, I'm sorry to, uh, before you go on with that, uh, it kind of, in a way, because of my OCD, it freaked me out a little bit because in your introduction, you had mentioned, uh, you state that you believe we create reality with our thoughts. And I was like, oh shit. I think <laughs> these things in reality all the time. It's all bad. It's all bad. <laughs> and we've talked about that on the show multiple times about bringing stuff into existence. <laughs> wow i'm just kind of fascinated and i i just don't i guess my heart goes out to you i don't know how people with germaphobe tendencies have survived the last couple of years i mean that had to have been very mm. difficult for you yeah i mean it, it was tough you know and i and at the time like when it all started in the last two years i was working in a a public setting at a grocery store so i always had people walking up to me with their masks off trying to talk to me and you know, obviously touching doors and things like that. I have sanitizer on me everywhere I go. It's just like touch a door handle, squeeze some sanitizer in there, pick up a vegetable sanitizer, you know? Um, yeah. It's frustrating, but wow. it's life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, you know, that's interesting, but you know, phobias, that's one of the things that past life regression can be very, very valuable to, um, get to the bottom of phobias. I've, I've not ever really tackled a germaphobe situation. Mm -hmm. I did the, one of the best case studies that I ever had was a man who was like in his mid forties. He was clinically afraid of the dark, like afraid of turning lights off, had to have all the lights on in the house if it got dark. And so we did take him back to a past life where he was in the 1700s. He was this little boy living in a farmhouse and his parents said, don't go down those stairs. Don't go down into the cellar. So what did he do? He went down the cellar, fell down the stairs and he passed away. So I, wow. so, okay. It's like, what are we going to do? So I said, let's just have you come back. We're going to take it again. Let's imagine that there's a candle and you can light the candle. And now you're going to walk down the stairs, look around, realize there's not much there. And it's not really even half as interesting as you thought it was going to be. Come back up and have him kind of go through this process of feeling like, this was successful. And I saw him, um, I don't know if it was months or years later at these things that I go to. And he said, I never had that problem again. And so he was able to turn the lights off because we had come to the actual event that caused that. So I do think that with phobias, if there's no rational reason for it, or like you know, if we were raised by people who were, you know, like clean up your room, wipe that down or whatever. I mean, in your case, I don't know, maybe that is part of it. And I also think though, one of my other books is about, um, it's called heal your ancestors to heal your life. It's about, instead of taking people into past lives, I started getting that we're not at the source event. We got to take them down their ancestral line because we actually express the energies of our ancestors. So sometimes maybe there's something from the ancestors, but it does seem like there's something there that might, you know, it's probably worth looking into, I would think, but I've never actually done one of those myself. That sounds very interesting. 
But at the same time, my heart goes out to people when that is their phobia, because I, like I said, I can't even imagine what you must've been feeling like. And still, I mean, it's still continuing. Yeah. We're here. Duh. It sucks, yeah. but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. So. So do you find that when you do the regression, it, you said it's similar to like hypnosis. Uh, now in my understanding, hypnosis doesn't work on everybody it, for whatever reason it is. Have you had that? kind of you know what i don't know does it usually work for you or do you have people that are just like no nah, it's i'm not seeing anything sometimes um i'm able to assist very tough cases if people say hey i've tried this before it's never worked and now i can sometimes get them to go into those places because i think one of the problems is is people expect, okay, I need to see something. I need to see the technicolored unicorn galloping across the horizon and not everybody is visual. So I spend a lot of time talking um, to people about, you know, we could have a feeling, what does it feel like? Or, or our guide again, could tell us something if we're more auditory related. So Mm. usually if we work on the premise of pictures, thoughts, and feelings, or some combination of those, Um, I do have a pretty high success rate. I still, though, believe some people, there's still a certain aspect, um, especially because we're still in a light alpha state. In alpha state, we still have, you know, the conscious mind, which is the ego. It's over here going, hello, this is stupid. I want to get out of here. You know, this is nonsense. It feels like I'm making it up. And at the same time, I just asked a question. So the person saw or felt some image that popped through their mind's eye. When, when you ask, when somebody asks a question, something's going on in the brain because the brain's very busy. Can I get them to acknowledge that without this inner critic saying that this is the stupidest thing they've ever heard? So there's some aspect of coaching people through, you know, being okay with expressing um, the creative part, the imaginative part of who we all are that we've learned to turn off. And that's the other thing with supertrophy. I believe this is happening to everybody, but the reason why so many people say, well, I have to think about it for a while. It's because we push this stuff down. We had a weird thought. We thought it was stupid and we definitely aren't going to tell anybody about it. So it's in the deepest recesses of our memory. And so I'm always trying to encourage people just to open up to like how you were when you were a kid, you know? Mm And, and then if I can do that, then I'm pretty successful and not always because some people really don't want to go there. And so, okay. you know, if they don't want to go there, then they shouldn't go there. Right. Okay. So you talk about different exercises in the book um, and, and I want people to buy the book, so I don't want you to give it all away, but what's a simple exercise people could do uh, to help themselves with, with this phenomenon? Well, the thing that I'm just talking about again and again and again and again, which we've even talked about already today, is just a simple cord cutting. Okay, we are here, you listeners, you're sitting there in your chair. All you have to do, if something is upsetting or even, you know, I've started getting into this thought. The, The places for healing is either the places where we're jumping for joy, woo! or we're running, kicking and screaming down the street. So whatever extreme that is, that's giving us a clue at a soul level, what needs to be healed. So we're really hoping for neutrality and peace, but normally we're going to be more influenced by the things that are feeling really lousy. So if there's something lousy, let's say we got to go to work and there's some jerk and we don't want to see them. 
then before you go in, just sit in your car, just imagine a peaceful light is coming through you and imagine, again, this is imagining, does it feel silly? Of course, but you're, nobody's going to know because you're doing this by yourself. There's an energetic cord. It's coming out of your stomach area or your solar plexus. Just imagine it's attaching you to the building or to that person. And just imagine a big pair of scissors just whoosh, cutting the cord. And just imagine that we can send a peaceful light over those people. So if the person's a jerk, maybe just imagine them. What would they be like if they weren't being a jerk or they were being more relaxed and they were just leaving you alone today or whatever that is and start using some of these imaginative powers. And so then what happens is there's this idea that we're healing the part of us that's other people. And we're kind of hopefully not projecting these things that are within us onto other people. So then we just have to start then moving through our day and go, maybe it'll be four o'clock in the afternoon before you'd start going, whoa, what's up? I feel better today. You know, jerk over there didn't even bother me all day. What's up? You know, and then if you just keep kind of doing that, just sending prayers, cutting cords, it's the easiest thing to do. It takes 10 seconds. We don't have to be in a trance, but you're just putting your mindset into this idea that you can control things that are uncontrollable. And so that's the next tip. I mean, I do it all the time. I highly recommend it. And I have heard that exercise about uh, cut it, like cutting your, your cords to, uh, ex-lovers or uh, people that are close to you that you don't want to be close to anymore. Yeah, you can do that definitely. Or even um, I've recommended it to people who are in a relationship. We cut the cord and we say, you know what, whatever, whatever went on yesterday, cutting the cord, we're just done oh, with it. We're okay. moving on. And then there's an energetic void there by which the person wants to reconnect but we're not holding grudges. The past is done, you know, and we're kind of reconnecting at this higher level of just peace and enjoy, hopefully. So. Okay. All right, Shelly. Well, we are getting close to the end of the time where we usually let our guests go. So I want to give you the chance to uh, t tell everybody where they can find your book, find you, the mic's all yours. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Um, people can visit my website at pastlifelady.com and there's a book link there and they'll see my books. I just want to encourage everybody to, whether it's through past life regression or whatever, there's a lot going on in this world right now. It's very, very stressful. And so I hope some of these processes can be helpful for people, but just remember the cord cutting. That's the one I would recommend. So, All right. and I appreciate it. All right, Shelly, thank you for being on Paratruth Radio. Thank you for having me. All right, folks, that was Shelly Kerr, author of Blast from the Past, Healing Spontaneous Past Life Memories. Uh, we're going to get more into this after the break, uh, but you're going to hear Eric's Random Fact today, a quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. We all know the initialism, OMG, but did you know that it's been in use since 1917? According to bestlifeonline.com, one of the earliest uses, and perhaps the earliest use, of OMG appeared in a letter to the then Member of Parliament, as the Atlantic reports. In 1917, British Navy Admiral John Arbuthnot Fisher wrote to Winston Churchill 
about rumors of new titles that would soon be bestowed. I hear that a new order of knighthood is on the tapis, he wrote, then added O.M.G and parentheses, oh my god. This was Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Paratooth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. Just in case you guys forgot or we were replaced by aliens. That's why we're telling you our names again. <laughs> that would be that would be an interesting show, especially for either one who wasn't abducted by aliens. Right. <laughs> what what are you even talking about, dude? <laughs> oh man. So I mean this this regression thing is is it's a very interesting topic. Um I know we've said that over you know during the course of the show, but uh, you and I haven't didn't really talk about it before, prior to this episode. Uh, normally, we talk a little bit about what's you know what the topic mm. is, what are your questions, what are mine, you know, whatever things like that. Um, but as I was reading through this book, it was just like it's kind of crazy to me to, to 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 think like obviously we I think you I probably just about everyone has wondered whether or not they have lived the past life regardless of their beliefs. Right. Um, you know, where did they come from? Did they ever, you know, were they ever an explorer? Were they ever a king or this or that or whatever? Um, and so the idea behind it is highly intriguing. And it, it, it almost makes me like personally, who I think would probably be very difficult to hypnotize, uh, would be very interested in kind of going through this regression and seeing what it is I see, regardless of what I believe, you know, it could be imagination, mm, could be right you know, whatever, but, um, I think it'd be a fun thing at least at the very least an experience. Well, like Shelly said, if nothing else, if it made you feel better afterwards, right. Then where's the harm in it? Um, you right. know, we, we've kind of touched base on past lives before and, and your beliefs have kind of changed more so now than in the past with, with Christianity and, and stuff in the Bible and everything. Um, but, even if you were still uh, more heavily influenced by it, by the Christian um, viewpoint than you are today, I'm not saying that it still doesn't shape your viewpoint, but you have had more open-mindedness to think, well, maybe something is different. Um, if it could relieve you in any way of your OCD, I would say, yeah, let's, let's try it. See, I've seen how you have to go through a day and... Uh, when you're super stressed, it is rough. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, you, you're right. And it's like, uh, it, with the OCD, I mean, you've seen like a couple of times where I like touch my face or like uh, when we're talking and like, I notice like in, in, cause you know, guys we're on, we're on and I can see each other and we were able to see Shelly and, and vice versa. Um, but like, I noticed like when I had, I was pondering, I guess, and I happened to touch my chin and I realized, uh, looked in the camera, my hand is really red and dry because of all the washing and scrubbing that I do. I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. You know, and I, I get embarrassed <laughs> by that kind of thing in public. Like I, I rare, usually wear long sleeve shirts because the drastic change between like my wrist and then my upper arm is significant where my wrist and hand are, you know, regular flesh tone everywhere else. Um, and it's because of the constant bombardment of water. <laughs> uh, you know, a friend of mine told me, he's like, I think you're, are you sure you're not a fish? <laughs> I wash so often. I'm like, damn. I'm pretty sure I can't breathe underwater. <laughs> I want to try though. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, Shel- Shelly, my Shelly calls me a lizard because my hands get so dry because I, I don't yeah. use lotion and I have to wash them because of work. I, yeah, I, you know, either a burn really bad or actually start bleeding. And then mm-hmm. it's like, ah, I should probably do something about this. Right. So if, if you were to have a past life regression and, and I'm just going to say, would you hope for a a certain life that you had lived or would you be happy with whatever came out of it? Dude, I don't know. Like, you know, one thing I, I didn't think about it at the time, but one thing that I could have asked her was whether or not someone had ever gone through the regression. And so that's, I mean, that, that could be my, you know, my negative mindset the idea that, oh, I'm going to, I could go do this and end up worse than I already am because of it. Right. But you know, that's just life for me. (laughs) That's kind of how I see the world. It's, you know, and it's, I guess like for me, and I hear it all the time for like my father, you know, for example, like you're such a negativist. Why don't you have some hope and positivity and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just to be hopeful and stuff and then you know it's one of those things where it's like okay i'm going to be hopeful we're going to do this we're going to do that and then i get let down it's like i should have just stayed negative because then i wouldn't (laughs) feel so bad you know (laughs) um but you know it's i i feel like for me because i know we've talked about like not really hypnosis but we've talked about for for example let's, let's talk about like um seances uh, human spirits or whatever spirits are on the other side, right? Or in, mm-hmm. within another realm or whatever. I am more obviously standoffish to that kind of thing because of my beliefs. Um, probably more open than I was a few years ago. Uh, but I feel like the regression is something at least somewhat different. I mean, I understand that there could be spiritual a uh, spiritual side to it. There could be spirit guides, uh, mm. or ancestors or whatever, trying to direct us. And of course, I think my question would be whether or not that guidance is actually there to help or there to stall me or to like ground me, you know, uh, because in the end it, it could help us at the moment, but what does it look long-term? How does it look long-term? You know, what does that path lead us to? And I, right now, nobody really knows, you know, based on what I'm understanding yeah. with, the, with regression, right. no one has lived their whole life and looked back after death and said, Oh, that regression thing was the right answer. It took me right where I needed to. We don't know. Um, 
but you know, yeah, it's something I would totally do. I feel like I would do it or I would feel like I know I would do it if I, if I had the opportunity to just sit back and try it out. Yeah. Why not? Right. My thing would be, I would just be interested in seeing if how I feel about what I would have been in the past links up to what comes out. I don't, I don't have any expectations per se. I'm just interested to see if it, it's any close to how I feel or, or what I feel I would have been in the past. So here's a thing. So you and I mean, we've talked about reincarnation in the past, but we've also talked about, uh, oh, what's it called? Like a loop or basically the life that we lived previous to this. It's the same life we're living now, just in a new era or a new year or whatever. Right. Yep. So then my, and this goes back to the OCD. So this is, <laughs> this is the one-off that, that follows me around saying this probably. It, it would be my concern that if I went back into the past and saw how I died and it happened to be tragic, like think of the germaphobe thing. What if I was living a life during the black plague? And that's how I died, disease. And I'm like, I come back. It's like, okay, well, now here in the future, is that my course? Is that how I'm <laughs> going to die again? Like, disease is going to just take over, you know? And it's, and that's if you believe in the idea that uh, life is circular and we just live the same right. pattern over and over and over again. Uh, and of course, I, I, there's obviously various views on that. Um, a, a tiny, you know, there, there's a belief that. <laughs> It's like a like a throwing a stone in a in a pond, right? You create mm. ripples, and those ripples distort images, and it can create uh, a number of different paths. And so the question is, okay, so if I were to kick this stone over here, did I kick the stone in the past? Will that change everything by kicking this stone? You know, that's currently just minding its business, as if stones can mind their business. Um, but if it was minding its business, <laughs> is it going to change something by kicking it? Um, and in the end, we just, we, we don't know. It's all, it's all still a mystery. Right. Well, my, my understanding of past lives, um, and what people have kind of talked to me about is the idea of having past lives is you're, you're living multiple lives to learn different, um, different lessons in life. Mm. So if you didn't learn the lessons you were supposed to learn in past lives, then it would be kind of uh, secular or circular where you're continually doing, uh, learn, trying to learn the same lessons over and over again until you finally get it. Um, right. Whereas in the, in a past life, you've learned everything you've learned. You move on to new lessons. Some of them might line up similarly so it kind of feels circular, but it, 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 at the same time, it's not. Well, I think, and I think what you're saying is similar to, I, I believe it's in, in Buddhism where uh, you live a number of lives until you eventually reach nirvana, you know, continuously learning and adapting until you reach that state where you can finally move on and cross over. Um, the problem is, <clears throat> and maybe this is part of the regression thing and more people would have to do it, uh, it we don't know what the lessons were we learned in the past. Oh, right, right. So for all we know, the lessons that we've already learned, we're relearning and we think they're new. So we can never really know whether or not, you know, it's one of those things where in order for us to fully understand everything we learned, it would have to be accepted and understood in a life beyond that, which is on earth. 
So whatever that is, you know, for me, it's heaven. And for someone else, it's, it's whatever Nirvana is or, you know, et cetera. It, it, it could be that higher self, you know, whatever you see. Or- You're right. It is very similar to that, that belief system. Past life regression and just going through the process and stuff. So I was, you know, just just any anyone listening who's new, you know, check us out on social media. Make sure you you subscribe to us. Uh, make sure you're you're checking us out every week. We got a new episode every single week. Um, so there's always something new to look forward to. And of course, you've got well over 200 episodes that you can catch right. up on too. If you approaching get 300 uh, episodes, approaching actually. 300, which is something you and I need to talk about, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do for that. Um, but yeah, you know, just just make sure you guys subscribe, stay tuned. We got some new things that Justin and I are working on. Uh, we're looking to get a newsletter started. So for those of mm-hmm. you who are interested in a monthly newsletter, it'll tell you everything that's new about our show as well as what's upcoming for that month uh, in regards to guests or special events or whatever like that. Um, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully we'll get that going within the next couple of weeks here. And um, yeah, no, I think that's it for, for, for this week. Just uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas, feel free to email us, message us on any social media. We, we'll be happy to, to respond real quick. And uh, as always, just make sure you're checking out Evergreen Podcasts and mm-hmm. KillerPodcast.com. Uh, they have treated us very well, and we are trying to uh, pay it forward by always continuing to mention them on our shows. So until next week, folks, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.